All right, welcome to the Footy Museum and the Footy Museum Podcast, a design podcast without visuals. We're working on it. <laughs> um, but this week, we have a lot. Wait, I should say. Yes, what, we, we, Rhea? We Wait, I, f- I forgot to say. My name is Justin Witte, and I'm here with the co-director of the Footy Museum, Maria Van Dyken League. Maria, you have something to say. I do, I do. Well, I wanted to interrupt <laughs> you to share some very important information. Okay. A design cat podcast without visuals, but the visuals are linked up in the show notes. They are. That's true. And you can find them on our website, too. That's true. TheFootyMuseum.com. And, and we might be looking at a way to, to make video? Yes. Maybe. Well, it, Once we get our cosmetic surgery complete. One thing at a time, people. Two payments in. And then who knows? <laughs> um, so this week, we have a lot of football and football-related design to talk about. We're going to cover the first week of the championship with Leeds <laughs> United. Yes. We have... Um, to process our pain from the World Cup, it was What are you talking about? T- well, we'll talk, Maria. I, okay. I've been wondering how to break this to you, but it's you're not going to be happy. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to just get us caught up on the League's Cup and all things Lionel Messi, who is just tearing up Major League Soccer. And we'll talk about a little bit about a designer that we will be talking to soon. I still feel like every week we're talking to designers soon. We're talking, but we actually are. We did. We did. We did. And hopefully he will be on the pod. What is going on at the second tier of English football? Well, Justin, it was the first week yes. of the English Paint the picture championship. Um, so, bright and early, 8.30 a.m. game, oh. which I love. Uh, turned Did it on, have all the pomp and circumstance of well, the Premier League? I, I logged on to ESPN+. Plus. Uh, oh, just like just turning on the TV. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a signal that said broadcast will begin shortly. Oh, and so I sat there waiting. Good pregame. And waiting and waiting. And I was like, well, this is different. Usually there's people talking on Peacock. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just waiting. And then it's five minutes in and Jeremy was like, why aren't you watching it? And I was like, what are you talking about? It says broadcast will begin shortly. Oh, he, you had to refresh. He clicked away, clicked back in. They were five minutes in. Oh, no. So I learned a lesson this oh. weekend. So you should log on after the start of the game. Ah. So hot tip. Hot tick or a hot take? Hot tip. Oh, I thought you said hot tick. That would be a new one. But hot tip, that's good. Hot tick. So you clicked in, and this game you were watching was between It was between Leeds, Leeds and, and Cardiff City. Oh, okay. And um, Leeds was favored to win um, by a lot, uh, chance-wise. And they were really dominating possession, which was fun and uh, to watch for once. Um, yeah, they looked sharp. They did. It, was, it felt comfortable. It felt like coming home. The crowd was into it to yeah. start the game. Yeah. Um, and then... Because this was at Elland Road, correct? It was. Yeah. So it was nice to have the season opener at home. Um, lovely to see those new uh, away kits in the crowd, too. Uh, we'll talk about that later. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so they were really on their front foot. Uh, and they, like, conceded possession twice. Oh. And there what were happened? two shots. Possession? From Cardiff on target, two shots the whole game on target, oh and they no. both went in in oh the first half. No. So 
That's a familiar feeling. Mm. Um, so they lost 2-0. No, no, no. What? No, no, they came back. But you just said they gave up two goals. Yeah, but they, they always give up two goals. And in the Premier League, they couldn't score two goals <laughs> to make up for it. But in the championship, they can. All right. So they evened it out and tied in true lead style. But the second goal, the equalizer was scored in extra time. So it was very exciting. It was like a 90 plus four or something yeah, like that. It was and that was Somerville, minute. correct? It was Somerville uh, on a rebound. And it was it was wildly exciting. And so, I, a tie feels good somehow. I don't know why, but it feels good. It feels right. Well, a comeback tie feels like a win. Yeah. When you're down 2-0 and you, you pull a tie, you've stolen points from the other team. So mm-hmm. it feels like a win. Yeah. Um, anything you noticed different otherwise watching the championship versus the premier league obviously the package in which you viewed it mm-hmm. not the best but anything else from the from gameplay side or um style of play or anything else yeah well the defense on leads is obviously lacking all the people. time yes. i'd actually say the goalkeeping from cardiff was really solid okay their goalkeeper who looks like he works at a brewery on weekdays well, he maybe he used look. to. But in the yeah. championship, he's probably full-time. Yeah. Um, so he had a lot of really great saves. Um, one thing that was just, I mean, I was tired. It was early in the morning. But um, overall, it just seemed to be the the broadcast, the commentary, was more just about football, especially coming off of the end of last season where every commentator was like, it's do or die for Leeds. Oh, yeah. And this was just like, it's a beautiful day. It was a beautiful game, and that was nice. You know what I always notice mm. about championship, and it even gets more interesting farther down the table you get? The ads. Yes, the, the, the ads. Uh, kit sponsors and the ads all of a sudden become more local mm-hmm. and more interesting because of that. So you have like, you know, Joe's limo service yeah. or like... <laughs> it was nice to see the little... The heat check. <laughs> the boxed on, oh, the, that's on right. the side of the field. Which it was looks like, good. That... That logo looks good on their kit. It I does. Say. The, and it's just like air conditioning. <laughs> it is. It's all like, it's it's regional. Mm-hmm. Like It's like they're the regional flyer where like the premiership is like a national magazine. So Yeah. So these away kits you're excited about. We talked about them last week, but you saw... No, we didn't talk about the away kits. Oh, how are they? We talked about the wonderful home kits, which they were wearing. Yeah. Which looked very good. They did. I mean, they come across just plain white on the field, but they do have that peacock it's embossing. It's kind of a crisp look, though. I it is. It it's sharp. crisp. They have the nice yellow and blue stripes on the arms, which mm. I really like. So I love an Adidas stripe. Tell us about these away kits. Well, they stick with the peacock theme for these away kits. Oh. And this time it's... They lean into it. Yeah. They're like, it's obviously peacock. It's mm-hmm. peacock feathers across in a repeating like wallpaper type pattern. And it's this kind of pur- deep purpley blue shades of that. And then going into more of like a icy teal. Um, I like it. And it's got boxed in, in blue and in light blue on the, f- on the front. Yeah. I like the color combination. It's pretty bold. Um Maybe a too too loud for my taste, but I like that it it stands out. Mm-hmm. And I, what's interesting with these I is, th- but I think loud, but with such a plain home kit. Yeah, so away like, kits are always yeah. they're they're always about adding something vastly different to the rack because that home kit maybe will stay very similar the next mm-hmm. few years. But what's interesting about the Leeds ones? These were probably designs that were started. They were started when they were still in the Premier League. These designs were actually started. 
like in 2020, which okay. is when they got promoted. So these, I mean, they're both strong designs. And I think the idea is that these are going to be at that level. But it is kind of nice to see. I don't know why it's nice to see that even though they've dropped. It's like, oh, there's still that. They're still just below. There's still that ambition, mm-hmm. that possibility. Um, very cool. So I have to decide which one I'm going to get. Ooh, I think you go with home. You think home? It's going gonna, it's gonna to have longevity. But I like this one, Why too. can't you get both? Because they're... You're a couple of dinks. <laughs> we are a couple of dinks, but yeah. these are uh, like $80. And even for a couple of dinks or a dink and a half really is what we <laughs> a are. A dink and a half. Well, still. Yeah. That's two two kits. Why don't... Um, are you and Jeremy a similar size? Um, no, but if I buy oversized, then it could fit. Why can't you each buy one and you could just... Well, well, I actually, I thought about this too. So if I buy oversized, I would want oversized in the white one. And mm-hmm. if I buy the colorful one, you I want, want it, fit. I want it really tight. So oh. I don't know what it is about that, but I think baggy and loud doesn't work as well as like uh, slender fit and, and loud. That's a good point. Um, well, you're going to have to let us know how this works okay. out. I vote for the, the, the home kit personally. So <laughs> the World Cup week culminated yesterday with the U.S. Um, in the round of 16 against arch nemesis Sweden, who they've always had very intense battles with. And this was a big game for the U.S. because they had not really lived up to their boss suits that they wore to show up to these games. They have played a little not up to their standard, I would say. So there was a lot of pressure. And the game went off and they came out on the front foot. They were attacking. They were playing wider. They were fighting for every ball. I think there was a stat that only six sec on average six seconds elapsed between the U.S. losing and regaining and possession. regaining possession. That's right. And you got that sense watching the game, like uh, Sweden hardly got the ball, mm-hmm. and um, there was still a little. I think this is true with any World Cup team because these players don't play together all the time. There was still some. Some of the passes were a lot of the passes were still kind of behind and off, but mm-hmm. we were getting our chances, and we um, got some excellent shots on goal a few of them where i was already walking away celebrating because i was like oh when Lindsay horan had that curler from the top of the box and it just i was like that's in no one zero it was 22 (sighs) 22 shots and 11 shots on target oh my gosh because sweden's keeper who's the second string keeper at chelsea just had a career-defining game, I would mm-hmm. say. How many saves did she... I think she had 11 saves. Well, it was 11 shots on target, so that would be 11 saves. 11 saves. And and some of these, there was no right that she should have... I think there was that Haran shot. Mm-hmm. There was... Well, Haran had a header as well, but she hit the... I blink, think she hit the crossbar. There were so many shots. There you was can't so many, keep track. Yeah. And it, but it really felt going through the match. The first half is like, it's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to score. So I kind of was like, okay, things are still going well. We should score. And then it started to get like, when you don't score that long and miss those opportunities, you start to get nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was coupled by the fact that the U.S. coach, once again, decided that the best way to deal with a tiring Sweden 
was not to bring in fresh legs off the bench and go for a knockout punch, but mm-hmm. instead play your starters up until the very end and just bring in <laughs> Megan Rapino one sub. And then it, guess what? It went to overtime. And then, you know, it would be great. Let's come in overtime. We have a really deep bench. Let's get some fresh legs. Uh-huh. We're on the front foot. Let's just like put them away because who wants to go to penalties, right? Apparently. No, we no do. subs until the <laughs> very end of extra time. Two subs like 30 seconds before the end of it. I mean, um, one narrative you and I talked about this week is that all this discussion about the pressure on the U.S. is like, well, the players are talking how they need to step up and the players are doing this. No, it's talking about like Vlaco, just a horrible coach throughout this whole tournament. Yeah. I think I would say arguably just horrible. Like you have won during a game. The coach can influence the game one way. And that's change who's out there to change mm-hmm. the dynamic. Okay. That's really it. And he didn't even try. I don't get it. No, no subs. We go to penalty kicks. This is, at this point, 6 a.m. No right being this nervous or sick at 6 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's just any penalty kicks, but at a World Cup, watching the U.S., and, and after having dominated a game and not wanting to end up there, and after seeing Sweden's goalie dominate, just nervous, nervous, nervous. Sweden's the first to miss. And, and I could tell they were going to miss because that, that woman walked up looking sick to her stomach. Mm-hmm. She was, all the other Swedish players were being handed the ball by their keeper and they were kind of smiling. She looked nervous. I'm like, oh, I mean, that's God. how I would look too. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, she's going to miss. And she did. She skied it. It's like, okay, well, the U.S. just this has to it. carry through. Uh, we then followed up with a miss of our own. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <laughs> then our keeper, listen here, she, first of all, she played awesome throughout the game. Oh, she not, not a lot of, she wasn't called upon a lot, but she did have some mm-hmm. key saves. So the U.S. blows a chance when Sweden misses by missing. She steps up, does a save. Okay, you think, yeah, we, we got, got a it. save? This is it, two misses? No way, I think... We get the next one. Is that the order that it went? And so we just, at that point, we just, uh, it feels really good. And then it, all I know is that we're at a point where it's three to two. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have two chances to put it away. And, and we, <laughs> we don't. And then we go to extra. <laughs> we go beyond the five. I think it goes to the seventh round. Um, and we miss. So all Sweden has to do is score a win and again the, the most excruciating end to a game like this who was the swedish player do you have that up on your notes Mm-mm. it was oh. like the swedish megan rapino haircut yeah, she- but i don't know <laughs> goes up the the shot is blocked it bounces up uh-huh. um listen there blocks the shot the ball bounces up she's on it I don't she even know how again. she throws her body up because she's falling down. The wrong way. Yeah. Wrong way. Swats it out. I'm standing up. <laughs> I am like USA. And then all of a sudden, the Swedish player's like, well, did it go in? And there's this confusion. And the goal line technology, it's like it went it over. It was literally like a millimeter. The only way you could know that it had gone over is because they have the robots. Like if, it, if there was no robots, oh, no, no sensors, totally it was... I thought it was it would have been a career defining save. 
it was just painful and especially because mm-hmm. of the confusion then all of a sudden it the ref so just calls game over yeah. there's not an announcement because like, when she crossed her arms it looked like she was saying no goal but yeah. she was saying game n- over um and earliest exit from world cup by us ever mm-hmm. um just heartbreaking scenes i mean players just devastated they they had been the better side objectively by yeah. far they pulled it together they were clicking they and then they had chances um and it was right there and to see that slip away and then to know like those individual players who missed um the shots one heartbreakingly rapino's last world cup mm-hmm. um it, it just added to the pain. It was just like, it was tough. Where were you? After, okay, where were you at that moment? And then tell us about a dream that you also had that put you in that moment. <laughs> well, the dream wasn't actually a dream. It was a joke I was going to make leading into this segment. <laughs> and you you wouldn't let me tell it. So. <laughs> well, you did jump the gun. With it. Uh, what I knew well, what we was were, the joke? What was the joke? Well, I was going to say I had this crazy dream where I was on the U.S. women's national team and we got beat by a bunch of Swedish supermodels and I was, you know, (laughs) going to go on for a bit. It was going to be funny. Um, But the moments passed, uh, much like the U.S.'s chances in this World Cup. So I'm right back there now at this moment. Um, Where was I? I was on my couch. Keep in mind, listeners, I'm not an early riser. Getting up for this game was was tough was tough jeremy had to shake me awake Ooh. yeah he was my alarm was going off and he's like maria get up and i was like oh shoot <laughs> <laughs> so i was i was there i was watching but it did feel like a dream um where was i emotionally i was bummed um but i find i, d- I don't want to uh diminish anyone's real emotional reaction to this loss but after um the relegation of Leeds la- at the end of last season and seeing people being a little bit too upset about it in general yeah i think i'm better at not being so upset at losing football um mostly i'm uh, i'm bummed out for the players um how devastating uh they should have gone on. That's I think that's what hurts is that they were the better team the whole time and they didn't go on. Um, but I'm mostly I'm not looking forward to the online discussion about this team and these women after this. And so for that, I'm I'm dreading that a bit um, because you should be allowed to lose um, gracefully and not face backlash from your own country. Well, and they were going for a three-peat yeah. of the World Cup. Yeah, and I think... Like we said, I really think this is bad. Comes down to bad coaching, and, and like blatantly, obviously bad mm-hmm. coaching. I think the fact that Berhalter is on the lips of everyone in the men's World Cup, and not as many people are talking about. I I think there were there's been chatter, especially because like the warm up games. I think were, with people not, who recognize it, though. Yeah, maybe people really plugged in. But I agree, like the national media doesn't know about mm-hmm. this stuff. So broadly, it's not discussed. But I think f- ever since this cycle started, the team has not been performing up to the... I'm, I, the team has not been performing at a level equal to the player's talent on the squad. Yeah. 
And there has been questionable tactics throughout. But for whatever reason, there from the from both the players and the U.S. side on a very public face, there was the decision and very much the attitude is we're sorting it out. It's going to be fine. We're going forward. And I think that this is both to their credit, but also like it's tough when you're a player at that level. I think clearly in a team, in, a, in an attempt to back their team, players were backing their coach, right? Mm-hmm. Although I'm sure we'll find out maybe, eventually yeah. that maybe that there were issues. So I just don't think that there was many corners where that uh, criticism came out. Um, but I don't, I, I have no problem being over the top when it comes to sports because it's fine. And um, when I, if I look at, at someone to blame, I've really put it on that coaching staff and I don't understand. I don't understand why he was there to begin with. Like mm-hmm. um, you have the number one team in the world, the highest um, paid female athletes, uh, athletes who've defined the game, mm-hmm. who've opened the doors of the game iconic players yeah who the f- is black Co- like who is this guy do you know what i mean yeah. like he's to me he's not to the standard and i think i think you i mentioned to you also like i think yeah always there should always be best coach for a team mm-hmm. i think that i think there's something distinct still at this moment to the women's game and there are enough not just not not about how you play soccer, but everything surrounding it, and like the, that how to address the mentality. You you brought some of that up as well, and understanding mm-hmm. of what these athletes are experiencing, and with enough um, experienced top level former players and coaches out there, I don't understand why we didn't have uh, a coach who's firsthand experienced what those players are going through. Mm. Um, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. What is his coaching history? It was 2010 through 13, the Missouri Comets assistant coach, then their head coach from 2013 to 16, FC Kansas City from 2013 to 17, and then the rain for one year, 18 to mm. 19. And then That's he's, not that much. And then he's put as the national team coach. That's not that much. With And... and he was put at the national coach without any international playing or coaching experience. Oh, that's not great because the, like I've heard a lot of people talking about like, Oh, U S players are going and playing at clubs in England to actually get possession football experience. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a real difference there. So, but I have another theory about this. Okay. By that. Oh, you're yeah. Go ahead. Can I say one more thing. Yeah. I think, I think um, one little blessing in disguise for this loss, this penalty shoot, was that it didn't come down to one person's mistake. It was three misses. And I think that that that's true. There's there's a little bit of grace in that. Yeah. I think it hurts when any one of those misses would have made the difference. Yes. And I think that a lot of the online is rightfully going at the coach. But um, I think... Rapino's getting it a lot too, uh-huh. but I also think she's kind of like standing out and taking it. Yeah, like a shield for the other. Dude. Um, so I think especially because the f- you know, um, 
like one of those players is 20 years old. Yeah. They're going to be They have back. their whole career ahead their of them. Their whole career. And they're amazing. Like, um, so I, I think that, you know, she is, a, she is a tough player and, and you know, she knows people are going to come after him. So I think she's maybe allowing to take that. Like I saw the video of them coming back in the airport. First person down walking by herself was Rapino. And so I think if, when you think about that, it's like, oh, why is she away team? Well, wh- who knows what the reaction is going to be? Mm-hmm. Reporters, negative reaction. I think it was a visual of how she's taking her leadership role. And, you know, this is someone I'm in the coaching discussion. I would love when we start to see some of these former greats back coaching. Yeah. You know? um, I think Carly Lloyd could, could have been out there. It would be great to see Rapino out there. Um, and I hope that's the direction it goes. I think U.S. soccer is a, is on both sides has really not covered itself in glory <laughs> recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that there needs to be a lot of reevaluation because, as you said, a lot of U.S. players are going over to Europe. And the thing with Europe is, even though the women's game started later in Europe, they're playing for clubs they that have been developing players for hundreds of years. Yeah. Whereas the Red Stars or the Rain, they're still fairly new mm-hmm. and they don't have the infrastructure. So they're going to catch, they already have caught up. And they are, I think this World Cup, if nothing else, shows the growth of the game in a good way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw Marta talking after they lost from Brazil. She had a beautiful. Uh, she had a beautiful reflection on her career. And I like did kind of see that, role. yeah. But, um, but I think U.S. soccer, when it comes to the women's side, has operated under the assumption that we, we're the best and this is how we do it. And there's no, there hasn't been enough attention to keeping up. It's just been maintaining. And I think that's going to be a lot of the discussion over the next four years. Um, and I have no doubt that it will be resolved. Um, so, but I think the deeper issue that we have to discuss is who makes our kits because (laughs) I think when you really look at what happened Hmm. the other day, say more is Sweden's subtle, but elegant kits with contrasting dipped trim on the back. Very very nice. Um, and just wonderful on the i like the that little dip on the top and the shorts such a nice touch yeah can do you have a photo yes i do have a photo and and uh, and you know those kits are made by um adidas those are adidas see adidas uh, coming and, through with uh, solid kits meanwhile the u.s are wearing uh, nike splatter paint pajamas <laughs> and i think and it made me it made me wonder like when it comes down to that final confidence mm. Just having that strength. Maybe of, the of U.S. should have played in their pantsuits. The strength of that kit. Because also look at the Sweden as the nice ring collar, contrasting mm-hmm. the light blue, dark blue. Simple. Their away one is the nature I love one the with away the water. One. But it also made me think of other key games in this, uh, specifically Colombia. Uh, their amazing win earlier over um, over Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colombia's kits phenomenal i seeing them on the players i know we reviewed these a few episodes back Mm -hmm. um absolutely gorgeous 
And when you saw that game, when they beat Germany, that was clearly the deciding was, factor. Yeah. It was the fit of the kit. It was... What, who else? Japan? Japan, again. And, uh, and Japan um, also moving on. A favorite, a perennial favorite. But there, where's the Japan one? The beautiful pink. Oh, it just... And it, seeing images is one thing, but seeing them, how they move on the players and all the details are just fantastic. This theory, which I'm pretty sure of, we're going to go through the remaining, uh, the remaining clubs and see how well the Adidas kit is act- kits are actually doing um, versus other teams. So Maria, will you read through, in no particular order, the remaining teams left in this year's okay. World Cup? Okay. Okay. Uh, Colombia. Colombia. Adidas. Adidas. One of the best ones. One of the best ones. Yes. Jamaica. Yes. It's Adidas. Adidas. Wow. Mm. Okay. That's two for two. Two for two. Okay. France. France is Nike. <sighs> but they had an easy job because they're just like, Yeah. Yeah. So, and then who did France play in the last round? Who Let's was see. It? Just confirming. So they played Panama. And Panama, I believe, also did not have an Adidas kit. Okay, so so this is you know that is, is a this uh, is a that's a rock, draw. This they is rock paper scissors, but Adidas always wins. Okay. That's right. That's right. Okay. All right. Um, Morocco. Um, Morocco is an outlier. Oh, they're Puma. Huh, Puma. Puma. Yes. So so we have one for Puma. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? I'm just joking. <laughs> One illegitimate Nike because there was no Adidas and then uh, two Adidas. Okay, carry okay. on. Okay, all right. Spain. Uh, Spain, Adidas. Oh. And a beautiful, their nature one is a beautiful leaf pattern. The colors are just great. Hmm. This, uh, this theory is holding true. Yes. Um, Netherlands. Netherlands is also Nike. We'll just leave it at Netherlands is also Nike. Nike and Netherlands also has that easy job of just making an orange. That's cake. true. It's just it's, it's just, just do orange, yeah. just slap mm-hmm. it up there. Yeah. Okay. Um, Australia. Australia is Nike, but they played Denmark, who is also Nike. So that is kind of a draw. It's a draw. Yeah. Paper versus paper. Okay, England. England is also like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but here's what I'll say about England. They shouldn't have won. Oh, Nigeria, who has a beautiful kit and, and has played fantastic in this tournament. And I take it away from Nike because of the very cynical stomp oh. on a Nigerian player during that game. Very rude. That was caught in his, one of the iconic images. So. Don't count that one. Next. Uh, well, even so, the percentage. Well, that's it. That's oh, that's everyone's it. Who's left. The percentage of Adidas kits versus other kits that the Adidas. It is stronger. So if we go forward starting tomorrow and predict, we have some tough choices because we have Colombia, Jamaica, Adidas versus Adidas. I'm going to go with Colombia. Okay, just based kit. on, yeah. Just kit. <coughs> then France. Versus Morocco, so we have Nike oh, versus Puma. Puma. Oh, I think uh, Les Bleus may have that one. Well, it is a nice shade of blue. Well, they are also very good at soccer. Um, 
Then Spain versus Netherlands. I'm going to give it to Spain. Go with the Adidas. Hmm. Even though Holland is now my team in this tournament, um, for the sake of design argument, I would go with Spain. I have to go against the home team. Yeah, I'll All still right. be rooting for the orange game time. And then we have another Adidas matchup, Japan-Sweden. I'm going Japan Ooh. all the way on that one. Yeah. Jeremy. And Japan is playing lights out as well. Yeah, Jeremy was like, you want Sweden to win because you want the team that beat you to win the whole thing. Because no, you can I say it. And I, I just can't. My heart can't. So there's our theory proven 100% correct. Yes. Um, we have to wrap up soon, but I do want to give a quick update to other things happening there's so much and it's you know leagues cup going on the fire did make it to um the knockout rounds but they met club america one of the largest clubs in the u.s they should have won the game they played very defensively strong in front of what was basically a home america crowd yeah how did that happen just a lot of america fans in chicago and a lot of them are actually fire fans but when it's between the two they switch to america i would too probably what that is i don't know why (laughs) Uh, it was kind of a weird game there was uh, lots of (laughs) probably pick the one that was probably gonna win well, yeah, well, the fire, the fire did okay. They didn't look great, but they stuck with their game plan. They should have possibly gotten a goal. Might have been offsides. Casper Shabilko missed the, possibly the easiest goal ever. Um, oh. There was beer throwing on the field at players. It was mayhem. There was a guy who rushed the field. A guy rushed. The security there is so lax. I yeah. saw when Didier Drogba debuted for Montreal and Chicago, a player ran all the way out and was able to grab his jersey before they're like, minimum wage paid security so anyway um it's been a fun tournament and it's been really fun to watch Messi completely live up to the hype he has seven goals over five games i believe or four games i think it's seven goals in four games um he once again tied the game at the at the death last night going to overtime penalty kicks just to penalty kicks which Miami won after being down 3-1 to Dallas in 100 degrees. So many ties yesterday. Oh. So even the um, the Arsenal-Man City game. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of ties. Um, and it's just fun to watch because he's actually into it. He's yeah, still joyful. He's he cares. Himself. And it's like, if you're not watching... Um, Maria's dad or someone listener Maria's dad if you're not watching my mom listens and your mom you should listen because it's like watching um, just uh, even though the league maybe is as high he makes it so exciting that's been great and I love this knockout tournament in the middle of the summer especially with the US the World Cup now gives me something to to live for Um, so that's it Um, and then we we had a meeting last week with uh, someone from a delicious design, right? Delicious Design League. Delicious Design League about working on our branding. Um, and we hope to have him on in our next episode. Um, but if you haven't checked out, they have a great website called, what is it called? Super Design Bowl, I believe. And it is a site, Maria will correct me if I'm wrong on that. It is a site where anyone can post rebrands of sports logos and they put them head to head in voting competitions and it involves so much of kind of what we love like inventive design what would Mm -hmm. you do different uh so check it out is it superdesignbowl.com superdesignbowl.com so check that out and we will be talking design next week um until then go adidas
and uh, you know the, the U.S. is out, the fire are out. It's it's going to be rooting for Messi and the <laughs> Netherlands this week. It's what a weird week. I hope the Netherlands hold on. Oh yeah, I'm I'm all in now. I'm all in. As much as I hated them against the U.S., it's they're always my number two. Ugh, can't help it. Yeah. See, see, this is because they look like everyone we grew up. <laughs> this is a club. <laughs> And I, I see all the names on the jersey. I'm like, oh, I know someone with that name. I know someone with uh-huh. that name. <laughs> this, is a, this is a fire uh, Club America situation. You know, U.S. Netherlands situation for us. Yeah, and but I would... Dual loyalty. But just like with the fire, I would always go to the U.S. in a head-to-head. Well. Yeah. Sorry. Well. But now the head-to-head is impossible again because... Um, Anyway, all right, we will talk to you. A heart torn into just has more love to give. Oh, man. I don't know if that's true. I think a a heart torn into (laughs) will probably bleed a human out in a few seconds. Okay. It's debatable. (laughs) All right, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. (laughs)